welcome to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley Wolf, and we're jumping into The Walking Dead Season 2, Episode 2, A House Divided, originally released on March 4th, 2014, directed by Eric Parsons, designed by Stephen Mananis, and written by Nick Beckin. And I couldn't do it alone, folks. I couldn't do all these Telltale games alone by myself? What am I, a two-man? No, I'm one man. But here's the second man, Dustin Jackson. Mitch, I can't thank you enough for having me here on this show to talk about the classic Ren and Stimpy episode in Abe Divided. Ooh. <laughs> I've got some bad news. Uh-oh. That's not the right one. Oh, no. Okay. Well, let's let's pretend like I actually played the episode going forward. Okay, let's just say you played a game called The Walking Dead Season 2, Episode 2, A House Divided. That sounds good. As part of Telltale Games' uh, long-running and acclaimed narrative episodic game, The Walking Dead. So, uh, yeah, let's start there. Let's start with that pre- pre- uh, pre-assumption. How'd you like it? Mitch, I gotta say, I think this episode is a lot better than the first episode. I very much agree. I think this is a very strong episode of The Walking Dead. It felt as strong as most things in season one, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I uh, feel like I, it, I like it, did it did a good job of it did a good job of having uh you know, it had very tense moments. It uh it had some very like light moments too. Like we'll get into mm-hmm. it, but there are some nice feel-good relaxing moments in there too. Yeah, I mean The Walking Dead has gotten to a point <laughs> for me already on this, the uh eighth one that we've played, including four hundred days, where mm-hmm. any good time is immediately undercut with the thought like, okay, well, this can't last for more than exactly one night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad thing. <laughs> like, this this won't work out. Um, and sure enough, yeah, <laughs> the, we were right to think that. <laughs> yeah, um, but in a series like this, it's still, you, you gotta appreciate these smaller moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, I thought a house divided referred to the house that we found ourselves in at the end of the last episode where Luke and Carlos and uh, Rebecca and Alvin and Clementine now are all living. Uh, it's it's totally about a different house. What a it, There's a whole different house. It's a whole different house that's divided. And it's more divided even than the first one. Yeah. You know what? Something I think thinking about it, this house divided uh, could refer to different houses even. Like even after you realize, uh, okay, well, it's not this cabin they're talking about. Um, It could be the lodge we'll get to or it could be referring to um, Carver's house. Mm. Okay, yeah, that's true. A lot of divided houses. So I think that we will we will go through the plot, but before we do that, it would be it would make all the sense in the world to cut to what I think is the big exciting reveal of this episode, which yeah, is that Kenny let... is still alive. Oh my lordy bigordy, there he is! Yeah, so you knew this the whole time, and you you never told me. So hats off to you, good friend Dustin. Not spoiling You're the Walking welcome. Dead for me. Uh, was this something that you, like, wanted to say the whole time and couldn't? 
Um, it was when we were talking about the last episode of season one, and you were saying, uh, well, there goes Kenny. Kenny's obviously dead. And I was like, well, I still feel pretty strongly about that. (laughs) Yeah, because here's the thing. Uh, They don't really explain how he's not dead. Yeah, there's no way. Like, clearly, they just wanted to have their cake and eat it too with giving Kenny an emotional death. And then bringing him back, and yeah. it it the death felt right, both literally in terms of like you can't get out of this; it has to be you, and you have to die. And practically, uh, he saved Krista when he didn't have to, or at least that's what happened for me. Uh, I know. Yeah, that... for for me, he put Ben out of his misery. <laughs> well, that that didn't cause him to die, though, right? No, so he jumped down into an alley that Ben had fallen down, and he was kind of getting swarmed by walkers, but you never, like, see what happens to him. So, it's it's not impossible that he could have escaped, but, um, they, because they never show him, like, dying or anything, or even being, like, attacked and bitten or anything, well, obviously... Uh, yeah, they, they made here. a point to show it off camera, and I guess that's all you really need in this franchise, which I have to say is a little disappointing. Like, you can't have a poetic death like that, because I need to see the dead body in order to believe you now. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, I'm glad Kenny's here. I think it's more interesting that Kenny is here and had other stuff happen afterwards. Like, that's something that uh, his uh, new lady Sarita brings up. Mm-hmm. Uh like, Kenny doesn't talk about what happened before this to her. Yeah. So, I, I think that is uh, very interesting, how he is trying to uh, move on. Yeah, he's got a new wife. Uh, he's very done with the old one. She's too dead for him. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, fair you enough. Know, yeah, I, that's as good a reason to have a new wife as any, I guess. Yeah, uh, Katya can no longer satisfy his needs, so he's moved on. <laughs> yeah. Boy, maybe someday he'll uh, replace Duck, too. He'll be like, all right, time for the new son. <laughs> well, it, it kind of seems like he's done that in a split second in this uh, episode with Clementine, where he accidentally calls her Duck. Mm-hmm. And asks duck to pass the can of peaches that he can definitely reach and uh and then she doesn't (laughs) (laughs) yeah she just she's like "Ooh, he fucked up saying duck i ain't handing him those peaches now yeah yeah i I thought that was a very weird episode or or part of the episode where (laughs) he's like hey duck can you pass the peaches oh oh no oh and then clementine's like kenny no. <laughs> no, I won't. I will not pass the peaches for you now. These are mine now. You've messed up one too many times. <laughs> one. Kenny's in the doghouse. You Better luck next time. You messed up exactly once, and it was the right time to do it. <laughs> and and you could just see the, the shock and disappointment on Kenny's face, knowing, oh, now, you know what? I feel like I'm not getting those peaches now. <laughs> So, um, something that I wanted to bring up is that the end of the last episode, uh, 
mm-hmm. had a very different choice for me and you, where we yes. uh, we we decided to either save Pete or save Nick in the uh, zombies on the river scene, and right. I saved Nick because Pete had already been bitten and there there just wasn't anything for it. And you saved Nick because Pete was nice, uh, and Nick was not. Yeah, well, it was... I I guess, yeah, but also it's just because even if he's bit, that means he could probably use the help to not die, because Nick had a rifle. He didn't use it very well, but he still had, like, a means of defending himself, I guess. Yeah, but, like, if he's bit, he's done, right? Like, there's no... yeah. There's no help that could possibly be provided to make him not die. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But he was nice. Yeah, he was was a nice guy. Um, So I'm very interested in uh, the different experiences we'll have right at the beginning. Like, I'm sure they align uh, not too far in. Yeah, so I I guess I'll, I'll explain how my episode starts. Okay. Uh, Nick and Clementine had run away, and it sort of starts in media res with them in a shed they find somewhere. Uh, and they're, like, pushing the door closed, and Nick is beside himself. He's barely paying attention. Clementine's yelling, like, hey, get something to close the door! And Nick's like, oh, yeah, probably, I guess. And (laughs) then he just sits down on the side with a very blank expression. You're given the option to tell Nick, uh, why you did what you did. Why you saved him instead of Pete. Right. And you are given the option, thankfully, to just say, hey, Pete was bit. There wasn't anything I could do, which is what I thought. Is that what you did? Yeah. So, uh, and and saying that kind of calms Nick down a little bit. I mean, he's not mad at you anymore uh, for not saving Pete. Yeah, he gets it. But he's still very distraught, incredibly depressed. He's not participating in the whole saving ourselves moment. Um. Mm -hmm. And in this shed, there are many glasses of uh, whiskey that they find. Uh, No food. All the food's rotten. All the tools are dumb. (laughs) But the whiskey's good (laughs) uh, because the older whiskey is, the more present it is in a shed. So Nick, I Nick, I got bad news for you. We only have dumb tools in this shed. <laughs> yeah, this is the cow shed, so the tools just are <laughs> anything. Cow tools. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So Nick just kind of drinks himself stupid after a day uh, of staying in the shed, and Clementine's kind of barely hanging on. Uh, but eventually, Clementine talks Nick out of it, and. Says, hey, you know what? If you're this beat up about losing Pete, imagine how beat up the rest of your family is going to be about losing you. So let's let's get some. Imagine how beat up Pete is about losing Pete. Yeah, Pete is doing the worst. You're doing the second worst, and I'm fine. So let's go. Um, and he kind of gets his senses about him. Um. And they check the front door. At this point, the, the zombies are no longer trying to push in. They're just trying to... They're around, but they're they're not rushing in. So they can leave. So they kind they're of just trying out. to live their lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just zombies. Yeah. Don't, don't be mad. 
They want to survive like everyone else. Uh, so Clementine and Nick sneak out the front of the shed. And then um, you're given a choice when a bunch of zombies sort of circle around Nick to either help Nick out in that moment or run away. And in that moment, for me, it made more sense to, like, with how it was framed and everything, it just made more sense to run away. Um, and then Nick would go back into the shed and, and uh, sort of defend himself that way. But you run all the way back to the house, at which point you find the house, and uh, you find that Luke and Alvin are already looking for you, and then they try to find Nick. Interesting. Um, but what I think is most interesting about that is that it really isn't that different from what happens with Pete. Like, so it kind of is, but there's, there's some parallels. It's not a shed. You find an old abandoned cigarette delivery truck. Whoa. Yeah, so, uh, you, uh, both hide in there. You and Pete? And, yeah, Clem and Pete, and, uh, yeah, Pete's not doing so hot. Um, we have, I, I know for this series, we haven't been doing uh, linguistic gymnastics, but I actually have a couple for this scene. Mm-hmm. I have some good lines. Uh, so you find a, a saw in the truck. I don't know why they had a saw in a cigarette truck, but, uh, Pete's like contemplating chopping his leg off. And, uh, Clem says, are you sure? And Pete says, I got nothing to lose other than my piggly wigglies, of course. (laughs) Uh, Pete, oh, still bringing it. So he gets the saw and he attempts to try to saw off his leg. Uh, Well, he doesn't even really attempt. He just brings the saw to his leg. And then he's like, "Ah, I bleed out like a stuck pig. What what are we going to do? Have you carry me on your back? So he does not chop his leg off. Um... So, the two of you are just hanging out in the truck until later. You're just kind of waiting out the uh, walkers. Uh-huh. Oh, you also give Pete one of the cigarettes in the truck and light it for him. It's this whole puzzle where you have to light his cigarette for him by pressing A on the cigarette. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, But yeah, cl- they both rest and Clementine wakes up when it's dark and Pete is just really hacking up anything inside of him. He ain't doing too hot. And he has another line I really like where he says, I feel like 10 pounds of shit in a po- in a five pound sack. That's pretty good. That's a yeah. good. That's a good take on the Lord of the Rings sort of too little butter spread across too much bread thing. Yeah. But, but for poop sacks. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But, um, so Pete's like, look, I ain't getting out of this. You get out of here. So he starts, uh, revving up the cigarette truck. I guess the key was still in the ignition. Oh, it could drive the whole time? Um, well, it's not working, but he can, like, rev the engine. He can't get it, like, running. So, but it's to distract the walkers while she makes a run for it back to the cabin. Nice. Okay. That's cool. And then, yeah. then she gets back to the cabin, and then does yeah, do you, so, like, write Pete off as dead at that point? You can tell him, yeah, Pete's been bit, and they're like, oh, no, no, Jesus. Uh, but 
it turns out that Luke and Nick went out to find them earlier, so the rest of the gang leaves to find them. Luke and Nick? Yeah, Luke and Nick. So Nick, Nick I, got back. Yeah, Nick got back to the cabin after you went with Pete. Oh, okay. Nick made it back to the cabin, and he and Luke uh, went out to look for them. Uh, Interesting. So you're left in the house with Sarah. Yeah, yeah, and then that's that's the same for me. Uh, yeah, so, so that's that's where the episodes converge. Yeah, it's interesting how the scenes are different, but there are parallels. Like instead of you had whiskey, I had cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a shed, I had a cigarette truck. Yeah, the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's a really nice moment in the shed where uh, when Nick is just sort of sitting there, distraught, not participating in any conversations or anything. Um, mm-hmm. Clementine goes around and does adventure game character stuff where uh, you look in the crate of rotten food and she says, this food is rotten. And then she looks over to Nick like he's going to max her Sam. And (laughs) Clementine says, I said this food is rotten. And then Nick just looks at her and shrugs like, what? what?" Like, what? Do you expect a funny banter with that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're giving me nothing to work with here, Clem. Uh, I sh- I should clarify I had it wrong. In my notes, I had written down that Luke and Alvin went out to look for them. So I I wonder if Nick still okay. was in that same shed just by himself. Yeah, because that's what Luke and Alvin are who went out in my version. Yeah, that that's what I meant. I just got it wrong. Okay, I'm so, sorry. But do you ever go find Nick? Or does he just sort of show up after? I think he just shows up with the rest of the gang. Like, they got him when they went out looking for the others. Okay, so, because what we do after this is uh, our group goes to find Nick. And that's after we're visited by Carver, which we'll get into. Yeah. But I want to focus on the divergence here. Our group goes um, to find Nick, and they're treating Clementine very well for the first time on this uh this this expedition because yeah they really did a 180 which and i assume this is just the day after so yeah because uh she she protected uh sarah from carver and um you know she obviously had to go through some stuff with nick and pete just now so uh they're they're kind of liking clementine again so Mm -hmm. Clementine leads them to the shed that Nick and her were in, and then uh, they find Nick in the shed, and he's, like, drunk off his ass. Uh, <laughs> he kept drinking the whiskey uh, and curled up for, in a massive hangover. And Classic. Luke, Luke finds him, and then they just kind of get going. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Uh, did Nick get in trouble for being so drunk off his ass, or were they just like, oh, yeah, well, we get yeah, it. Luke? Well, in trouble, not necessarily until later. N- Nick got in a big amount of trouble later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like Luke would constantly be referring to Nick, saying like, I don't want him to help. I want Clementine to help because he's gonna. I don't trust him to you know be able to see straight right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just throwing stuff out like that. You want to know what happened to me in this scene? Sure. So when the gang comes back to the cabin, they decide to go out and find Pete. Clem did say he was bit, but they still, I guess they just want to like find him and see how he's doing. And so they go back to the truck and he's not there anymore. 
Um, what is there is a trail of blood. Uh, so it looks like he was kind of dragging himself out of the truck. Mm. Uh, but at the end of the trail of blood, you find the dead body of Pete, but he didn't die from the bite or the walkers. He died from a, he was shot before he died. He was shot before he died. Yeah. Before he died of the bite, he was shot. Okay. Do we think that was Carver's people? Yes, I 100% think so. Is that explicitly said or is that just It it's probably... it's not like it's not said it's Car- Carver's group. They just kind of let you think about it. Okay. They're just like they're just kind of like he's been shot. And they're like, "Ooh." Yeah. Um Yeah, so let's talk about Carver. Okay, I'm down to talk about Carver. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking we should talk about Carver. Yeah, I mean, hey, he's a major character. So, yeah. Uh, when, when you're hanging out with Sarah, you're just messing around, being teens, taking pictures with a Polaroid camera. Um, gonna look great on the Facebook. You gotta look good on the book. And then uh, there, everyone else in the house is gone. They're looking for, in my case, they're looking for Nick. Um, well, actually, it in my case, what it is is Rebecca and Carlos leave to go find Luke and Alvin and tell them Clementine came back on her own. Yeah. Um, so that's what they're doing. Uh, so it's just it's just Clementine and Sarah. So there's a knock at the door, and it's it's William Carver, although he tells them that his name is George for, for some reason. Um, yeah. Yeah. Probably just ju- probably just because he knows. Uh... These people, if she's with these people, they probably told her all about this Carver guy. So I'll use a name that she probably hasn't heard from them, like George. Yeah, but we find out later that there was a George. And Alvin killed him. Oh, re- oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it, it's mentioned near the end of the episode when, uh, when Carver's uh, interrogating the the group uh, i don't think i got that it's it's just a little uh just a little sprinkle just a little sprinkle something hmm. nice <laughs> <laughs> just a just a nice little thing a little treat so clementine says he can't come in and then he comes in <laughs> yeah, of course and uh she does a pretty good job of protecting sarah um carver finds the polaroid picture upstairs eventually and Oops. obviously he recognizes sarah Mm-hmm. But uh, you're given the option to lie about it, and I chose to say that that's my sister. She's dead now. <laughs> um, did he, and I take it he didn't believe you. He did not believe me. <laughs> um, I what did I? I think <laughs> I told him uh, must have been someone who used to live here. <laughs> just just me and my dad here now. Oh, I I was trying to give the impression that uh, there's lots of people in the house, like 20. That's probably the better call. <laughs> so you were just saying, it's just me and my dad. We're really easy to take advantage of. It's just <laughs> Yeah, humans. well... We're not, we, well, we're not the, strong. Well, the thing is, I don't think he's going after just anyone in particular. He's just, he specifically wants this group and Rebecca. Well, we found, uh, we find that out by the end of this episode, why he yeah. is interested in this group. It's because Rebecca is carrying his son. Yeah. Um, but at this point, I didn't know exactly what he wanted. Um, 
And I also mm-hmm. thought Rebecca's kid could have been like Carlos's or Luke's or whoever. I don't know. Um, right. Still could have really been anyone in the... Rebecca. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't that be a great change of pace by the end of the episode? It's just like uh, a a talk show where they find out who the real father is. Yeah. Carlos, you are not the father. Well, we get a we get a version of that with a character named <laughs> uh, Walter. That's true. Uh, did you know that I'm named after someone named Walter? Um, I didn't. Yeah, people mainly don't guess because that your name because is my name is not Walter. <laughs> yeah, your name is Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, his last name was Mitchell, but his his dominant oh. name, his first name, you might say, is Walter. Um. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so, so Walter's there and he's, you don't know this at the time, but he's got Mm -hmm. this, uh, this partner named Matthew, um, Matthew and Walter just seem like great lovers. They're, they're fantastically living their lives in the, uh, in the post-apocalypse against all So obviously... Obviously, no one can be happy, so we we got to put a stop to that in this story. Yeah, so you actually meet Matthew earlier, and Nick accidentally shoots him because Nick is a trigger-happy bozo. Yeah. Um, and he shoots him wacky. so hard he gets thrown off a bridge. Well, I he gets shot in the throat, and then he kind of stumbles off the bridge. Oh, so maybe it's on Matthew for not falling off the bridge. Maybe that's Matthew's fault. That's true. Blame him. <laughs> he had it coming, honestly. <laughs> yeah, he walked straight off a bridge. It's his fault. Yeah. Um, but you don't you don't know Walter until later, much later in the episode. Uh, so th- th- there's some cool setup there, and uh, Walter just starts out as this really nice guy. He used to be a school teacher. He's cooking dinner for everyone. He keeps talking about like, oh, dude, I love Matthew so much. And <laughs> everything is great, and everyone's welcome all the time, and everyone gets free food. Um, <laughs> and when Bonnie comes up, Bonnie from 400 Days, which kind of felt like it was, dude, it's Bonnie! But I, I barely remember 400 Days, man. I, don't, I gotta admit, <laughs> I have a really even hard if, time remembering the 400 Days characters. Even if you did, like, I don't know if Bonnie would be at the top of the list in terms of hype. Yeah, and I also don't really understand how she could possibly have been part of this group when there's something else going on. But, like, yeah. Um, wait, so so last episode, I already forgot who you told me it was. But there was a, a dead 400 Days character. Um, um, Roman, he, the guy from, the, from Shell and Becca's story. Right. Okay, Roman. Maybe I need to replay 400 Days. Um, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I replayed all of season one, but I just didn't have the time to also do 400 Days. Yeah, I, I think if there's a complaint that I, I want to lodge about the storytelling in, in seasons two, or season two of The Walking Dead right now, is that it's it seems like it's equally a sequel in a lot of ways to season one and 400 Days, as if I care about both equally. And it's very hard <laughs> to remember all the characters in 400 Days. It was very uh, short and there were a lot of names. Yeah, I get that. I enjoyed 400 Days for what it was, but also, yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate it. I, I like it. Wyatt it was, was cool. one of them. Wyatt? All yeah, right. He was the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wait, who is he? Um, he was the one in the car with oh, the weed. Oh, okay, okay. I could just make up names. I could just throw out names. Yeah, like, uh, Sprungle Biff. was in there. Yeah, Glorbo. Uh, Chop Grabulon, Grabulon Prime. Yeah, Superman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Superman was there. I forgot. <laughs> so, so you have to deal with this thing that you're like slowly realizing over the course of being in- invited into Kenny and Sarita, Kenny's new wife or girlfriend, at least, and Walter, who's this guy that like ran the ski lodge. Except also he was a teacher, and that doesn't sound right, but. <laughs> uh, like they're all being so nice to you they're trying to be accommodating of course your group is rowdy and mean so like they're not <laughs> accepting the kindness very well um mm-hmm. and also there's this nagging feeling that you get as you explore more of the thing and talk to walter a bit more of like oh that guy that we accidentally killed is probably matthew well let's talk about how he ultimately finds out about matthew um you stumble on his little shack he was in and take his knife. Yeah. And uh, the game does a pretty good job of forcing you to take the knife in a way that doesn't feel forced because you use the knife to open a box way earlier. Yeah, it's not like in the first episode where Clementine leaves her gun on the counter and you're like, all right, well, pick up the gun, Clem. Oh, I can't. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, whenever you use an item like this in a, in this game, it's it trains you so well to just think, oh, well, that's the use of that item. But then it can it can pull this like, oh, you have a consequence of still having the item, um, yeah, which is interesting. So Walter finds that knife in your backpack, uh, and he he knows that it's uh, Matthew's knife. It's engraved with W M for Walter Mitchell. Uh, <laughs> my great grandfather, uh, and he uh, he sort of gets really upset. <laughs> he gets really really upset. Yeah, I understandable. So there's uh th- there's a pair of important choices here, uh, and I want to talk about what you did. Ooh. So what'd you do? Um. Well, you're talking about. Whether where you can tell Walter that yes Matthew is dead and we killed him, and you can tell him whether or not you you can kind of vouch for Nick. Mm-hmm. So I came clean. I told them, yeah, uh, we did it. Sorry about that. Um, and I did stand up for Nick. Like Nick did a really bad thing on the bridge, but we've seen that Nick is not a bad person. We, like, he apologized to Clementine for being such a hothead. We know, we know Nick's not this, like, evil guy who wanted to kill uh, Matthew. He was looking out for their safety. So I was like, look, he's not great, but he's cool. He's fine. Yeah. Well, well specifically, the choice is, is phrased in a very interesting way. Where uh, Walter says, is Nick a good guy or is he like everyone else? And... <laughs> That's interesting from Walter because he was very optimistic about humanity as a whole just a little bit mm-hmm. earlier. <laughs> so for him to yeah. say everyone else as the alternative for being a good guy is a big shift in that moment. Um, I wonder, it, it's probably just it because uh, Matthew died. Maybe it's just bringing out that uh, 
that feeling from deep down. He's like, oh, well, I sure as hell can't be optimistic about this. Yeah. And so uh, may- maybe it is kind of, I don't want to say it's like a front he's putting on. I don't think he's like pretending to be this kind of guy, but I just feel like maybe deep down he uh, he does kind of feel less positive about everyone else as he as he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, w- that would make sense to me. Um, but yeah, and I did the exact same things. I told Walter the truth, and then I also convinced Walter to forgive Nick. Um, mm-hmm. Playing it again, I think I would still tell Walter the truth. I don't want to lie to Walter. There's no reason to do it. He knows. Yeah. Um, but I would maybe say Nick is just like everyone else. Um, because I'm, I'm thinking about it and Nick can be a nice person and he is, but he's like randomly killing people for no reason. Uh, Mm -hmm. just getting drunk off his ass and then shooting people off bridges or not off bridges. We talked about it. Um, (laughs) You know what? Maybe maybe his inner feelings about it don't matter as much as the fact that he keeps doing it. Maybe Well, it it's it's interesting how the response is he's just like everyone else because I feel like that can really be taken either neg- as a negative thing or a positive thing. Yeah, it's cuz well, like Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I'm just I'm just thinking cuz Walter's husband died or boyfriend mm-hmm. or whatever. And He's out of his mind distraught. He's holding a knife. He could potentially do something. And Clementine in that moment saying he's just like everyone else would be pretty heavy. Nick's just Mm -hmm. like everyone else. Everyone's killed Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone in the world made this decision. It's not just Nick. Yeah, because that brings Nick down, but it also brings everyone else down quite a bit. Yeah, you don't want to be associated with Nick. But you are, because you're everyone yeah. else. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm on Nick's level. <laughs> but I, I I, do like that in retrospect. I never thought about this before, because I feel like in this instance, saying he's just like everyone else, that's meant to be a negative thing in this case. Oh, he's just like all the other assholes out there mm-hmm. killing. But it could also be taken as, he's just like everyone else. He... It, he's just trying to live out here and doing what he thinks is right. So it could be taken either way. So both telling Walter the truth and convincing Walter or not to forgive Nick are two of the five major choices that are like read back to you at the end of this episode. That's interesting that they're like back to back. Well, I think it's really interesting that telling Walter the truth is in there because being that the second one is in there too, you kind of have to assume... It definitely doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> if you tell Walter the truth. Because he'll be like, oh, I don't believe it. Anyway, is he a good guy? <laughs> and just like, <laughs> well, we also. Right onto the second choice. Well, it really doesn't end up mattering later on in the episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These major choices that they read back to you, like the five at the end of the episode, I feel should be consequential for your future. Like that's that's why you're you're caring about them, and you know mm-hmm. these can't be. 
Um, yeah, at the same time, I do like that it says less about what the game will be going forward and more. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of says more about who who you're making Clementine be. Well, I like I like the second one of these two um, because yeah. maybe Walter kills Nick. I have no idea. Uh, do you want to know? Do you want have me you to done it you? before? If you say Nick is just like everyone else, then during the big walker attack, Walter does not save Nick from being attacked by a walker. Gotcha. Okay. But he doesn't just kill him there. That would be... No, he he doesn't, like, shoot him. He doesn't, like, be like, oh, whoops, I shot Nick instead of the walker, silly me. He just doesn't shoot the walker. He doesn't shoot at all. Uh, do they, like, pan to his face and show him actively ignoring Nick, or do they just, uh... Yeah, not and he looks, he looks like, upset about it. He looks like he knows he's not doing the right thing, but you see him just, like, close his eyes, look down, and move on. Hmm, gotcha. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so Nick can be a walker chow right here. Nick can die here. Okay, so yeah, that's, yeah. A, good, that's a good choice then, because that affects a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the telling the Walter the truth, that's... There's so many micro choices in every episode, and some of them end up mattering, even the ones that are not uh, given to you at the end of an episode. That for mm-hmm. that one to be in the t- uh, like major five at the end kind of feels like they were stretching a little bit. Kind of, I feel like you're gonna run into that with some of these. I we t- didn't we have some of those with like uh, Wolf Among Us. There were some choices where it's like, well, was it really that important? Yeah, I mean, well, Wolf Among Us, most of them were yeah. that uh and walking dead is maybe a little bit more respectful of the player's choices at least so far and especially season one um mm-hmm. so so y- you know I, I feel more likely to point it out when i see it in the walking dead right um is it what's, what's interesting though is that there were a lot of choices in like those beginning scenes that were different for each of us but the first major choice is like way after that. Uh, the first major choice is whether you take the blame for that picture of uh, Sarah existing. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> Sarah existing. Yeah, that's a ways in. Uh, what did you do? Oh, well, I mean, I guess we'll get into our choices later unless you want to get into it. No, now. we can get into it now. Uh, I took the blame. I, I took the blame. I also did, of course. Yeah. Um, well, I, I kind of. I kind of took the blame. I like. I didn't feel like that's what I was doing when I picked that option so much. Oh, what did you pick? Well, I I said that I took the picture because uh, Carlos was saying a picture. Why was there a picture? He saw a picture of you, and uh, I was why like, were you taking pictures? Yeah. Well, uh, Carl, I was given the option to say to Carlos, "You said to distract her. It was a fun thing. Like, get off my back." <laughs> Um, oh, did did Sarah really not like that? Uh, Sarah didn't seem to react to it much. Uh, Sarah was like, yeah, I told her to. See, I would have figured she would be like, what? You were just distracting me like I'm some like loser kid you have to watch? Um, yeah, you know, that bit's interesting because uh, if Sarah is supposed to be neurodivergent in some way, like we were talking mm-hmm. about in the first episode, and it was pushed harder in the first episode. Um, it doesn't really come out in this episode that much. She's a kid, yeah, but she's s- just like a kid. Yeah, well, she is a teenager. She's 15. 
So maybe it's just her maybe acting younger than she really is. Do you know um, that uh, it was revealed that she was 15 already? Because I really don't remember that coming up. Yeah, I only know yeah. that from you. They say, yeah, they say it in the first episode. Okay. I guess I guess it just depends on the dialogue choices you make. Yeah, I'm um, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have that information. The one time we really see it is she uh there's a point where Clementine's telling her, I don't know what you told her, but I had Clem just be straight up, look, Pete's dead, this shit's not great right now. Oh, and okay. I didn't do that. Sarah Sarah did have to take a minute to like uh sit she just sat down and kind of uh collected her thoughts she just needed a minute uh before clementine continued that's interesting okay yeah i yeah i i was kind of going with what carlos said where like hey just you know there will be a time to tell her about it later it's we can't do it right now um Mm -hmm. and i did i i did it right now (laughs) yeah good call i think it doesn't matter probably (laughs) no not really yeah um one other thing I thought was interesting about this is um, Sarah has a gun and she wants you to teach her how to shoot. Yeah, and I didn't want that. <laughs> oh, really? You you didn't want you didn't teach her? Well, yeah, because there's a difference between the, their dynamics, right? Because when you're mm-hmm. Lee and you're teaching Clementine how to shoot, there's a very good assumption that like Clementine is not capable of much right now but she will be eventually and this is a generally good skill for her to have and as Mm -hmm. someone who is in charge of her i want to make sure that happens Um, right and with sarah i don't feel that i as clementine are in charge of her i am just thinking like hey if you learn how to shoot a gun right now you will mess me up so uh (laughs) so no like i don't i I'm not bought into the friendship as much as maybe uh, a different playstyle player might be at this point. Interesting. I like that we're doing such uh, different things since I feel like last episode, other than the last choice, we were kind of uh, aligned a good bit of the way. Even in season one, we were. So I like that this episode, uh, we're doing things a little differently. I did teach her to shoot because I was like, well, Carlos obviously isn't going to. He obviously thinks she's... Uh, she needs to be sheltered from all this. So I'm going to teach you because that's, you just have to know now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did get a, f- a line I liked out of them. Uh, so do you remember when Lee was teaching Clementine how to shoot? Yeah. <laughs> you remember that? I remember it. <laughs> it was on a train. Um, it's That's true. It was on a train. But um, I don't know if this is what you picked, but one of the things you can have Lee say to Clementine is, uh, remember, don't be afraid of it. It's just a thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. And so Clementine says that to Sarah as well. She says, remember, it's just a thing. And Sarah says, what does that mean? And Clem says, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sort of minimizes that moment a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she didn't really uh, get it. <laughs> Yeah, Clem's not as smart, maybe, but, as, as you'd want her to be, but... Yeah, well, she still teaches Sarah, like, all the other stuff Lee taught her, like, before you pull the trigger, take a breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then that leads into Carver coming in, yeah. Uh, so, does 
Sarah ever look like maybe she's going to shoot Carver or, or anything like that? Uh, no, nothing comes of this in this episode. Yet. Okay, that's what I thought might be different because, you know, there's a guy looking for her and she's got a gun and yeah. the ability to shoot. It made me immediately oh, yeah. no, she's... regret not teaching her. Yeah, no, she's hyperventilating. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, so if she doesn't shoot, then I feel good about my decision. <laughs> um, but, but really, I don't think we actually did that much different. I, I bet we did literally every major choice the same. Oh, probably. Took the blame? I did take the blame, yes. Sat with Kenny? Sat with Kenny. Yeah, and we already talked about the Walter choices? Uh-huh. And then stayed to help Carlos. I left to find Kenny. Oh! Okay. All right. All right. All right. So let's talk about that. So okay. Um the groups have converged at the ski lounge and there's a walker uh problem happening. There's a bunch of walkers approaching. And then uh when it looks really bad, all of a sudden Carver's people show up. It turns out Bonnie's working for Carver. What? Um, yeah, I almost remember who she is. And then... now I really don't care about Bonnie. <laughs> uh, okay, so Bonnie was the one who was like maybe dating that married older guy, right? But like yeah. not really dating, just sort of flirty. Um, yeah. So then she loses both of them in a cornfield and just runs away. Yeah. Um. So I guess she got found by uh. By Carver's group. Well, yeah, but the those five people in 400 days were together at the end. Are they not together? Oh, Mitch, uh, oh, I remember. Oh, that's, that's I, after I, this, isn't it? The 400 days is after season two, you're saying? Or is it? Okay, hang no, on. No, 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 it's not. Okay, no, say what you're it, say. it'll make it'll it'll make more sense next episode. Don't worry about it. Okay. I I don't I don't want to like just spill it out to you right now. Yeah, don't, try not to spill the beans too much. Oh. <laughs> um. You know me. Okay. Well, let let me. Okay, with a little bit more clarity, let me say what I think I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Um. That was her name, Octavia. Yes. Uh, so Octavia, the the like woman who comes up in the end around the campfire of everyone who was like important in the four hundred days stories, um, mm-hmm. says, "Okay, you can come to this camp with us. It's great. Everyone is fantastic. It's up north. There's uh, natural protections against walkers up there, and you know, right. the, the more people here, the better." Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of them go with her, depending on what you do in those episodes, in those 400-day stories. Right. Oh, so her group is Carver's group. <laughs> oh, well, you figured okay. it out. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, I didn't realize that, but yeah. now that makes sense. So everyone in that went with her is part of Carver's group now. Yes. So that'll be interesting, because you, I believe, have all five of them. Oh, I don't remember. I feel like I missed one of them. Well, wait. No, uh, you, did I get You, you don't them? have a save file for 400 days. Yeah, but I mean when we first played through it. So I think yeah, you said it, that it, you got all of them. Um, okay. Because I got all of them except one. Which one? 
couldn't tell you. <laughs> I think it was the, the guy who was a prisoner. I think I didn't get him. Vince. I might have not gotten Vince. Okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, so you don't have a save file, though. So how's that going to work? I guess we'll see. I guess we'll get into it. But you did this get my Bonnie first... in this episode, right? Yeah. So here's the thing, uh, Mitchell Wolf. Mm-hmm. Bonnie is the only one in that group that goes with you no matter what. Mm. So I bet you don't have the other ones. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe the rest just aren't going to be there. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I'm interested in seeing. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about that last uh, choice then. Uh, Carver has Carver and his people, including Bonnie, have everyone in your group, uh, including Kenny's group and Luke's group, at gunpoint mm-hmm. and forces them back in the ski lodge where they start breaking uh, Carlos's fingers. Yeah, whoops. Ow. Well, I bet he did it on purpose, actually, so maybe not a whoops. Oh, and yeah, now that I think about it, I feel like that would probably be in character. It's not like he <laughs> just he just slips up. He's like, ah, shit, sorry, Carlos. Yeah, so he's he's doing this to try to find Rebecca because he knows that somewhere hearable, um, Rebecca is in the ski lodge. And mm-hmm. uh, Clementine, Rebecca, and Alvin are upstairs. So they're talking and they can either make the decision to just give themselves up uh, and then Carver's going to find them. And Carver is going to find his son or whatever. Um, Or uh, they can try to leave, try to save Rebecca and the baby, even though these other people are at gunpoint. um, And try to find Kenny outside somehow. Uh, So you did that. Um, Why don't you tell me how that went? Okay. So you go outside to try to find Kenny Alvin and Rebecca do give themselves up. They just say, all right, well, I guess we'll just leave this in Clementine and the other's hands. Interesting. Um, you go outside okay. and find Kenny. He has his rifle uh, pointed at the lodge. And I had Clementine be like, uh, Kenny, please don't shoot. You're probably going to make things worse. And uh, that's what he did. He shot one of Carver's guys, uh, followed by Carver shooting... Uh, Walter. Okay, the same exact thing happened, except I was inside, and Kenny couldn't be seen or heard. There were just bullets coming from the outside into these people. Well, why don't you tell me what happens after that? So after that, Carver grabs Alvin. Mm-hmm. And he's like, alright, I'm gonna get this guy now. And then he's talking to Alvin about uh, George, which y- this is maybe why you missed this, because you were outside. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah, I wasn't there to hear him. But Carver's just saying, hey, Alvin, as like he's about to kill Alvin for sure. Um, hey, Alvin, I um, remember this guy named George and you killed him, huh? That was interesting. <laughs> Not great. That. Not great that you did it. What <laughs> Carver does kind of talk like that. Not great. Not <laughs> he, great that you he did does that. It. It's, it's just uh, more gravelly. He's more like this. Not great. Not great great that that you did did that. that. Uh, (laughs) Just a very matter-of-fact speaking guy. He doesn't really raise his voice that much. Um, (laughs) 
so so he's telling Kenny, hey, you better give yourself up right now or I will shoot Alvin. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll just keep shooting him. I'll just keep shooting people for no reason. Until he stops. I'm a crazy man. Uh, well, I mean, at that point, Kenny is, like, trying to shoot at Carver. So, for Carver, from Carver's perspective, it's like, okay, I have to... It makes sense. ...get this guy to stop shooting at me. Yeah. Um, and what you It turns out do, Carver's the good guy. Maybe. Hmm. <laughs> He's like, oh, geez, I gotta... This is my one way to survive this. These crazy people. <laughs> yeah. Don't they want my love? They're shooting all my guys. Uh... So what you have the option to do as Clementine is go and tackle Carver so that Carver can't kill Alvin. Um, But Mm -hmm. during that, uh, Carver grabs hold of Clementine, puts a gun to her head, and then Kenny just walks in with his hands up. Okay, interesting. Um, So Alvin lived. Alvin lived. Did he not for you? He did for me, but there is a way he can die. Interesting. Okay. I don't remember exactly what it is, but... I, I would believe that I... he dies for sure if you did what I did, but then you as Clementine don't tackle Carver. Yeah, that that sounds right. I know uh, my roommate Andrew, when playing through it, I think... Andrew's on a beeline for the saddest version of the story. <laughs> yeah, he really likes... Uh... Andrew's into that being ass- <laughs> asshole Clementine. Depression, torture porn <laughs> version of The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I could be wrong. Maybe he didn't, but I specifically remember uh, seeing Alvin die. So maybe he did. Uh, but yeah, so in mine, after Walter is shot, uh, he, uh, Carver does the same thing. He grabs Alvin, brings him over, and Kenny's just like, Ah, eh, that's a tough shot, but I could probably make it. And Clementine's like, what the foot? Stop. Don't do that. He will keep <laughs> doing this. <laughs> so you have to push Kenny's gun out of... Uh, you have to push it away before he fires. What if you don't? Um, I wonder if that's how Alvin dies. That might be how Kenny Alvin dies. Kenny shoots him? That's, Kenny... Okay. Well, Kenny... Di- I think Kenny shoots. And like, uh, I don't remember if he hits Carver or not. But well, there's no way he hits be- Carver. Yeah, Car. Yeah, Carver's. A- Wouldn't that be something if the story just ended right there because Carver died? And it's like, well, okay, mission accomplished. Yeah, Carver died. Bonnie says, well, with Carver died dead now, I don't really care so much about following him. So I'll just stay here in this ski lodge, <laughs> and it's pretty happy after that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Everything works out. It's just three um, episodes of like managing a ski lodge. <laughs> it turns out everything worked out all right it's like We're a roller coaster three, tycoon though. game for ski lodges now and that's just yeah all it pick is. the pick the ornament for the christmas tree <laughs> um um yeah so yeah i i feel like if you if kenny ends up shooting then just because he shoots then carver would shshoot and kill alvin got you okay but or, that did not Kenny happen will with me. Accidentally hit Alvin. Yeah, that could happen too. Uh, but that did not happen for me. Instead, Clementine's like, "Are you out of your mind? Stop shooting!" And Kenny's just like, "Fine, all right, we're coming out." And then you know they join the rest of the gang, and then they're taken off, and then the episode ends. Yeah, uh, I, the episode ends for me as Clementine is like sat in a row with everyone at gunpoint and. Uh, 
each of the Carver people just like takes them one at a time somewhere and the camera zooms mm-hmm. into Clementine's face as she just sort of deadpan does has no expression on it and it's a pretty cool shot um, yeah I, I was talking last episode about how it felt like a weird spot to end that episode mm-hmm. i feel like this episode does a much better job of ending on a cliffhanger but doing it in a way that feels like okay well this part of the story is over next episode is gonna be continuing from there but still feel like its own story yeah so i guess the Let's just take inventory of where we are right now, what we care about and what yeah. we don't. Because I think okay. there there's some aspects of this story that I'm supposed to get very invested in, and I haven't. And that is probably going to be a little weird. Uh, and you might not even know what I'm talking about. Um, okay. I mean, maybe. What do you What do you think I'm talking <laughs> about? Uh, are you talking about the Rebecca's baby? Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the centerpiece of what looks what it looks like season two is going to be all about now. Maybe it's not all about it. I mean, I, I have no idea where it's really going. But Carver mm-hmm. is this um, very central villain. The first we've really seen in Walking Dead, I would say. Just like a centralized, strong villain character. Um, yeah, like we we've had some bad people like the St. Johns, but this is the first time it feels like a main villain. Yeah, the St. Johns are like a monster of the week formula. Exactly. Uh where Carver's this um he's only human, he can't dodge a bullet, right? But he mm-hmm. does somehow seem stronger than just the idea of taking a gun and fighting him. Yeah, I mean, did you see those fingers he broke? Yeah, I I wonder if that's actually easy to do it made me (laughs) (laughs) i've never tried it yeah he just grabs uh uh carlos's hand with with two hands with his right hand on one of carlos's fingers and then his other Mm. hand like steadying the hand and just pulls back and it just breaks and it looks terrible but it also made me (laughs) wonder like yeah i bet i could do that (laughs) that that seems pretty easy the weirdest part is when Carver looked at the screen and said, "You can do this at home." Yeah, this is not hard. This is this is not <laughs> watch how I your do it. capabilities. <laughs> it goes in slow motion. Now watch how I bend these fingers back like this. <laughs> Did you say slow motion? Slow motion. That's a I, I slow motion works though. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a fun <laughs> take. Just kind of this thing I'm trying out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's. That's some body horror to think about. Can you just break a finger like that really, really easily with your hands? Yeah. Probably. I mean, you have ten fingers to practice on at home. Yeah. Um, If someone asks why you tried to break your sibling's fingers, just tell them that Telling the Tale podcast told you to do it. I wanted to be like my hero Carver. (laughs) Uh, We got away from the point. I think the point was Carver's a strong villain character, and it looks like season two is centralizing around him. Um, mm-hmm. you, you obviously know how the season ends and I don't, so I'm just kind of talking. Um, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it looks like the whole deal with him is like, he wants this baby from Rebecca because, um, well, it's not that he believes it to be his. It's like pretty much definitely his, right? Um, I think at this point it could go either way because she's. Rebecca's thinking it could it could be his, it could be Alvin's. I think Carver just thinks it's his. There's you have no reason to th- 
believe it's either of theirs. It, 100%. it seems to go a little back and forth um, because yeah. in, in the first episode, she's like talking in the bathroom of like, oh, please be Alvin's, please be Alvin's, um, which would make you think it could be Alvin's or uh, Carver's. But mm-hmm. it, when Clementine is talking to Rebecca at, uh, upstairs in the uh, ski lodge before everything goes bad in this episode, um, they they talk about it as if it's definitive. They say phrases like, uh, I didn't write them down, but it, it seemed like, um, so when are you going to tell Alvin it's not his? Or or something like that. Like, like definitive feeling it's not Alvin's. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't get that. For uh, me, one of the choices, well, not one of the choices, but one of those things Rebecca says is, uh, if it's not Alvin's, he'll kill me. Does Okay. Yeah, I mean, I got that too. Yeah, so yeah. maybe they don't know. But it seems very likely that there's a, a strong reason to believe that this baby is Carver's. Yeah, that that's where I'm at with it is... Um, no one's sure, but Carver's, like, pretty... There's there's no way for them to know, like, right now, but Carver is pretty dead set on thinking it's his. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's where, the like, the third episode's gonna go. You're gonna go to Carver's camp. Carver's gonna try to have this little kid be born, maybe? I don't, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> just talking to it, convincing it to be born. And, <laughs> and and like yeah, that's that's why I wanted to bring this up. Like Rebecca has been rude to Clementine the whole time, <laughs> just the, the whole <laughs> the whole time. Uh, I have not been endeared to her. So if Clementine's gonna like get up out of her comfort zone and do something like, okay, time to save Rebecca, I'm gonna be a little like, all right. I mean, you better sell me on Clementine's reasons for doing it because I don't. I don't think it's a given at this point, um, mm-hmm. especially if it's between doing that, which it often is in this uh, series, between saving Rebecca or um, doing this other thing that could save someone else. And I'm right. thinking I'm probably going to just save the other person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, so there's that. And also uh, the sitting with Kenny moment. Uh, so if you didn't play the episode... They're having dinner, and Luke's whole group that you met, like the season two posse, is on one table, mm-hmm. and Sarita and Kenny are at another table. And right. uh, they're both waving to Clementine to come join them, and uh, I joined Kenny, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Why would you ever pick to sit with the others? You were just with... Not only do you, like not really care for some of these people right now you've been with them for the last uh six days it said this voyage up to the lodge took like five days so you've been with these guys you just found out kenny is alive yeah it's honestly disrespectful of them to want me to go there but uh yeah Yeah. it's (laughs) it's it's like a clear preference toward kenny over the luke gang the luke gang started me off by locking me in a shed and almost killing me in like five different ways uh Mm -hmm. and i don't like them so uh (laughs) so so like if that becomes uh uh, i have to choose between that later on i again kind of just don't care enough about these new characters um we've we've had a whole season to 
to get to know Kenny. Yeah. And it is just one character. Like, I don't know Sarita yet. She seems fine. And Luke seems fine. And Alvin seems fine. And Carlos. I, is, I do is like Alvin. I think Alvin's. Whatever. I think Alvin's uh, very nice. Yeah, they're 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 nice. They they've got qualities to them, but um, like there's they're still not Kenny in in these like, one and a half ever? episodes before seeing Kenny again. They have not done due diligence in like making me really invested in this group. I could lose this group. Fine. <laughs> Who cares about these guys? Yeah, and in, in fact, um. When they were talking Even though- about it, they were saying like, uh-huh. well, the Luke group is going to leave tomorrow. And then Clementine, you can stay with us. And I said, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. I don't really like these guys. Yeah, I have no preference on staying <laughs> yeah. with them. So yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Even. Sure. Even the even the people you're just meeting in Kenny's group are like way better and nicer mm-hmm. than the people in the other group. Yeah, like Sarita, Sarita's nice. Walter's nice. Uh, so it's like, what? Re- in what universe would I ever pick the people who locked me in a shed and yell at me? Yeah, I guess maybe th- there's a version of like Sarah in someone else's playthrough where you really did become very good friends. Yeah, I mean, I think there's still good people in the other group. I like Sarah. I like Alvin. Um, for me, I do have Clementine and Sarah kind of buddy buddy, so uh, that makes sense. But I think I do too. Even then, I haven't not, actually it's... done anything that would break that. But um, yeah, and it, it yeah. it's not like Sarah was the one calling you over to the table. Yeah, but I, I guess just in my version of Clementine right now, if she um, if she's put in a position where she needs to either save Sarah or compromise a lot of what she's doing for survival and other things at this point i don't think she saves sarah Um, okay because clementine is very practical right now she's Mm -hmm. she's the very practical survivalist um like archetype that you're kind of building up to in in, like as she gets older she's going to become more and more like that in this world Unless some mm-hmm. really weird stuff happens, which I guess it can. Um, right. But See, yeah. I'm thinking of Clementine as a little bit different. I want uh, my Clementine to kind of avoid that. Like, I don't want her to just be like, uh, just give up on everybody. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd still want her to be like, uh, Sarah, no, come on. Uh, like, if, if she, I feel like if she could save Sarah, she would. If it's oh, not yeah. like. No, I think if she could save Sarah, she would. Um, but it needs to be at a certain cost versus other things, right? Um, right. Like, how, how high priority is, is she going to, like, lose a finger for Sarah? I don't think so. Um, is she going to lose some food for Sarah? Sure. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm very interested in seeing, uh, in in hearing, uh, where your opinions go. I am too, because I kind of don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I kind of well, don't it, really know what I'm saying. I'm, but well, it's, it feels true. I, I get. I kind of get what you're saying, but like, it it is interesting just knowing like what's going to be happening going forward. Mm-hmm. Just, see, I, I guess I'm just saying I'm interested in what your thoughts are going to be going forward at all. Because well, we're on the right podcast you know, for it. <laughs> I guess this would be the one time to find out. Yeah. Um, 
because last episode we were both kind we both kind of agreed a uh, first episode's okay it's not like the best out there um but i like that we both enjoyed episode two a lot more yeah i think it's a stronger episode there's like bringing kenny back is a clear fan service moment uh, yeah and also it, it doesn't make sense beard yeah, it, do- it doesn't make sense to have Kenny come back, but I'd still rather have him back than not have him back. Um, I guess. <laughs> you, you know who it could have been is Lily. Mm. That would have been very Yeah, it could have been. I would believe her, that, she survived more than I would believe Kenny survived. That would be interesting since she did not leave that group on very good terms. Yeah. How would she react to meeting up with Clementine again? Yeah, I mean, she, it would be weird for her to blame Clementine, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe she would still... Yeah, Clementine was a literal child who watched from the RV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, Clementine actually brings up Lily in this episode for me. The, oh, does she? I've Yeah, I've... Oh, who was it she was talking to? She was Probably Kenny, talking right? to... No, it wasn't Kenny. I think it was when she's talking with Alvin and Rebecca upstairs. What'd she say? Uh, shit, I should have written this down. She's talking to someone about how... Uh, oh, it, it's it's because it's when Nick... They find out that Nick killed uh, Matthew. Oh, I'm sorry. I remember this. Yeah, this happened for me too. Yeah, okay. Well, then I don't need to go in. Yeah, I, I forgot about it already. But uh <laughs> Yeah, I still I still thought it was interesting. It was. It was. It was cool. It it was interesting just to hear like Clementine is basically a a, a young adult at this point in terms of her maturity. Mm-hmm. Um but she's talking about very recent things that happened when she was not. Uh and that's a very interesting character dynamic to see. You you don't get that idea a lot where like yeah, we have two vastly different ages for Clementine, but in physical reality, they aren't very far apart from each other. Yeah, because when they left Lily behind, I think she was eight because she turns nine at the end of the season. So she was eight. And now she's 11. Mm-hmm. And so that that really isn't that much time. But she feels like such a different uh, person now than she was. Because yeah. at the time, it's it, she was just a child. She was just watching this shit happen. And it's interesting hearing her, like, actually talk about what happened. Yeah, it's so interesting whenever Clementine has, like, a rebuttal to an adult and the adult's like, damn, wow, rude but fair. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and she's just talking to people like she's an adult, which is maybe, I mean, it's way easier to write an adult than a child. Um, yeah just in general because writers are adults so it's Mm -hmm. easier to just get in the mindset of like okay most of what adults say is pretty rational um based in some emotion but mostly just cause and effect um right and what children do is nonsense just whatever they want (laughs) all the time uh yeah it's hard it's hard to do that um yeah i mean how many shitty kid characters are there in anything out there like it's so easy to just have an annoying kid or just like a kid character you don't buy yeah um i mean i thought duck was pretty annoying yeah (laughs) but he's annoying in a way where he's like out of the way for a lot of it like he serves his purpose fine it's not like you have a, a main character kid who's like 
if, if you look at like a lot of 90s shows, you have kids characters who are like trying to be cool and wacky and funny. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. can't do that sort of thing here. Max Keeble's big move style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or even like the kids on Full House with their catchphrases, you're in big trouble, mister. No, you got it, dude. Yeah, you got it, dude. Um, yeah, I think let's head into our segments. Yeah, let's do that. What's your golden moment? I mean, it's got to be seeing Kenny is alive. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's, regardless of if, whether you think it doesn't make sense for Kenny to be here or not, just seeing him there and seeing both him and Clementine's reactions to seeing one another, that, I think, is like one of the standout memorable moments of the series. So I do, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place with this because I do mm-hmm. like it as much as you do. I really do. It was nice. Uh, having Kenny back was, was a mind blower. I was very happy to see him, but I don't mm-hmm. want to justify this. You know, I just don't, <laughs> I st- he died. He for sure died. Uh, it really reminds me of, uh, a Simpsons episode uh, it's Bart and Ralph Wiggum, and Bart says, uh, Ralph, I thought you were dead. And Ralph's response is, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just like that. <laughs> That's all I could think of. Like, Kenny never even tells Clementine how he got out of there. He just says, oh, yeah, uh, I was lucky. Yeah, I got lucky. I just got lucky. Yeah. I would have liked a little more justification, but I guess I was in the same boat as Clem where I was like, well, that, uh, okay, well, I'm I'm just glad you're here. Yeah, I, I think bypassing a death scene is like a little bit further than just Deus Ex Machina in this series because mm-hmm. so much of the choices that you're doing are reliant on you um, believing in permanence and believing in right. consequence. So mm-hmm. when he... I guess falls but doesn't die in season well, one, episode five. That really breaks down a lot of the integrity of what's going on for me. Well, see, that's interesting because what you got in season one is so different than what I got. Because what I got, I could see Kenny getting out. Of. Okay, but yeah. for you, it it sounds like it's more of a. Uh, you feel like it was more of a sure thing. Yeah, yeah. You should look it up uh, if you haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, yeah, because in. The, in the scene I got, uh, even Lee, when telling uh, Omid and Krista about it, he's like, well, I don't know, maybe he got out of there. Yeah, I, I think I think Lee did the same, but like because of the context for me, Lee saying that was just like, okay, clearly I'm lying, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll say it because we can in order to keep ourselves moving. <laughs> to, yeah. Yeah, like the same as when I, someone I get gets bit and you say, you're going to be all right when you know they won't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, rem- I did go with Pete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so you get it. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Uh, yeah, I totally get where you're coming from and agree entirely. So I like, love seeing even, Kenny even again, though, but it's yeah, not my golden moment. Even, I get that. What is your golden moment? I'm excited. Uh, I just like the starting scene in the shed with Nick. Uh, I I think that was a okay. really strong scene. Uh, if there if it was so analog to the Pete scene, I, I bet the Pete scene was, was very uh, strong too. But uh, it, it just worked. And, yeah, and I like I'm, that very I'm specific moment where Clementine's trying to be an adventure game character and Nick isn't maxing her Sam. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll have to look it up. I, I'm uh, interested in seeing how uh, it goes down. When anyone isn't like giving me enough kudos or bumping up my personality or whatever enough for my taste, I'll just say, dude, you're not maxing my Sam right now. Come on, man. You got to max my Sam. Max my Sam. Don't leave me here? hanging. <laughs> Don't grommet uh, my I... Wallace. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. People will get it then. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't grommet my Wallace. Don't yuck my yum. That's my Sam. I, I really like saying don't grommet my Wallace because grommet is the more uh, competent one of the two. Yeah, but he doesn't so say you're, anything. You're telling... <laughs> I, I guess that would work out. It's like, come on. <laughs> you're, just, you're just grommeting my Wallace give right me, now. I'm getting nothing Give me a little back and forth. <laughs> you're like a dog who does not talk you're, and has a very cool walk cycle uh, my <laughs> choice cut is talking to walter just the entire process of talking to walter okay that's a good one yeah that, i kind of lumped it all together but uh i guess yeah. it makes sense they happen like those are two big choices one right after another too it, it's, it's really the decision of from the get-go, you have a, an idea of how you're going to deal with Walter and then executing that, even if it is multiple choices. Right. Uh, how about you? My choice cut is none of the big decisions. Okay. It is choosing what ornament to put on the Christmas tree. Okay, I love this one, too. I, this one was close for me. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, you want to explain this one? Yeah, so um, you see Sarita and Sarah are both uh, looking at the Christmas tree, um, and they're like, oh, it's nice, but it needs a topper. Clem, can you uh, put something on the tree? And uh, Sarah says, uh, we always put an angel on top of the tree, uh, so you can choose to put an angel ornament on top or a star on top. Which one did you do? So I love this choice because... You have a character who directly asked for angel. No one wanted star. Um, mm-hmm. But you still just can, right? <laughs> yeah, you can just choose to do it. You can just do the, like, do the, the oh, less yeah? cool one. Uh, well, so I picked I'm angel, do the but star. I really wanted to pick star. <laughs> I know what happens. Do you know what happens if you pick star? No, I have no idea. If you put the star on, Sarah's like, oh, yeah, uh, that's cool too, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. That I love that you yeah. can just do that. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it, there's really no reason for it, but it's just a fun little thing. Yeah. Plus, I, I do like that I guess this counts as our holiday episode. <laughs> well, this one... Okay, so interestingly enough, this one actually came out in March of 2014, where the previous episode came out at the end of 2013. There's a huge gap. Yeah, that is a big gap. I don't remember it being so wide. Wow. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, so this has a Christmas scene in it, but it really is, it didn't even come out around then. Yeah, it should have had a St. Patrick's Day scene in it. Yeah, they should have been drinking and uh, little leprechauns running around. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the stew that they make should have just been, uh, I guess, potatoes. Beer. Anyway, uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's your weekly guy this week? I'm going to say Walter. I felt like Walter... I, w- I was kind of on the fence for this episode because I thought Alvin was really nice this episode, but I just couldn't. I had to give it to Walter because he's so nice to begin with, but then you also feel that uh, the pain he's going through when he finds out that Matthew died. 
Uh, plus he gets his head blown in and I didn't want to be disrespectful. Well, not, he doesn't for me. Oh, oh, you mean, you mean Walter? Uh, I thought you were talking. Yeah, Walter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't think I would have put Walter if it wasn't for like the complete 180 that he takes halfway through the episode. Cause he is like friendly to everyone to a fault. When, when Bonnie Mm -hmm. comes in and asks for help, you have to, uh, you as Clementine need to remind Walter, okay, at least check her for weapons. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or you can uh, you can actually tell him to not do it. I don't know if he listens to you, though. I told him to check her for weapons. Um, I think that's what I said, too. Yeah. I, I, I think that's where I want Clementine to be. Where, like, yeah, you can give, if you have a surplus of food, you can give food away. Uh, you just want her to be cautious. But yeah, don't just not check someone for weapons. This person could be working for Carver. Right. And sure enough, uh, <laughs> And they then were. it turned out she was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so my weekly guy is also Walter. He's a good one. Do you have an unweekly? My unweekly guy might be Bonnie. Um, yeah, I put Bonnie. It just has to be. Yeah, so Bonnie's Bonnie's whole deal this episode is like, okay, first I'm going to show up, and then you're going to be like, whoa, 400 days. And then uh, I'm going to look like I'm in need and you're going to help me out. And then she's going to help kill some of us. And she yeah. is visually unconflicted the whole time. Uh, and yeah. then in the, I th- what really broke it for me is the next time on Walking Dead, they show Bonnie and Clementine hanging out and like they're smiling together like they've bonded. And to Girl me, time. like not, just because she was playable once does not make me want her to hang out with Clementine now. She's yeah. she's bad. I don't like her. Uh, yeah. So I don't like the idea that they're tr- going to try to redeem her. Yeah, I, like, Carver is, you know, obviously supposed to be the villain here. But I, I, I what Bonnie does just kind of rubbed me even more the wrong way, where she's, like, pretending to be this person who needs food and supplies, and then she just brings the whole gang here and sells them out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, at least you know Carver's intentions. Well, yeah, because, like, what does she think Carver wants them for? Yeah, exactly. Does she know that he's just trying to get this baby? Because if so, that's lame, Bonnie. (laughs) And if she doesn't, then she's just doing it just because. Yeah, she has no good motivation for it. She has no style and no grace. And she does have a funny face. A little bit. Uh, although it seems to have healed up a little bit, because I remember her whole thing in 400 Days was that her face was uh, worse before because of um, a method Because addiction. of bad druggo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she she was, I think there was a reference to her face being the only one that got better during the apocalypse. <laughs> uh, what a thing to say to someone. Yeah, kind of a weird flirt. <laughs> <laughs> cool thanks I, she I took it as a flirt so i guess it worked but <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um that's been the show next week we're going to take on the walking dead season two episode three which is called i don't i don't have it written down i don't either i don't remember it's called but... the name that it is <laughs> and that is episode three episode three of season two of the walking dead We'll catch you at the same time, same channel. Please remember, hey, we haven't talked about this in a while, but, like, do subscribe to the channel. Uh, or or yes, the please. feed. The subscription feed. Uh, I guess it's not YouTube. It doesn't have a channel. But 
wherever you are apple podcasts google podcasts spotify we're all on all of them uh yeah i use pod box i don't i forgot the name of the one i use on android i use overcast overcast is one of them yeah uh we're on it and yeah if you oh can i give a shout out oh sure uh, I want to give a shout out to my sister, uh, Summer, who only listens to the Walking Dead episodes. Okay. She should listen <laughs> to more, I'd, I'd recommend. Yeah, I like them, but, you know, at least her interest is specifically. Us. Yeah, I, I'll have to uh, play that with her <laughs> well, sometime. If, she, I, I, <laughs> if she's listening to this right now, she knows. Yeah, she, I, I think she got the message. She got the point. Yeah, thanks, Summer, for your uh, your fair weather participation in our podcast. Yeah. No, I'm 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 taking the piss a little bit. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast, regardless of which episodes you skip. Uh, this is mostly just for Dustin and I to go on this journey and to catalog the story of Telltale. If people listen, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah. more people can listen if people uh, subscribe to the feeds. And leave reviews where possible and tell a friend and, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And until next time, we'll see ya. Bye.